up inquirers and welcome to a conspiratorial episode of inquiries of our reality i'm sure everyone who's listening to this is familiar with the term chemtrail but have you put the time into researching exactly what that is and its purpose well today's guest is going to shine some light on that topic through those fake clouds and chant it down to the masses but before we get into this awesome conversation today got some news and updates and uh front of the house stuff of course to touch on before we uh, get rolling as far as news goes, I know I've said it on every single episode recently, but I will be vending at Squonkapalooza. That's going to be happening August 26th from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m., rain or shine. It is going to be a cryptid carnival for all ages, as they say. There's going to be vendors, artists, crafts, games, speakers, movies, activities, live music, food trucks, cosplay. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be happening in Central Park, downtown Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Admission is free. And uh, if any of you guys are planning on coming out, uh, let me know because I'd love to actually know some of you guys by name before I actually get to meet you in person. And I'm really looking forward to getting to meet, meet you guys. So hopefully at least a few of you guys are able to make it out. Uh, if you guys want some more information on that, there is a link available in the show description. So don't forget to check it out and plan accordingly so that you guys can make it to this first uh, first year for an awesome, I can already tell it's going to be an awesome event. Um, and then moving on to front of the house stuff. Um, if you guys haven't already left a review or rating for the show, I would definitely appreciate it if you did. Hopefully five stars only. And if you guys leave a review on iTunes, of course, I will read on the show and give you guys a shout out. Uh, also, don't forget to share the show through word of mouth with a friend if you think that there's anybody in your life that you think might enjoy the show. And if you're not already following the show on social media, don't forget to do so if you want to get updates on anything cool and new going on with the show or new episodes. Uh, there is also a Telegram and a Discord set up for the show, and it's all under Open Minds Media, so it mixes increases of our reality and Bizarre Encounters. So if you're not already a member of those communities, don't forget to hop into at least one of them. And... Uh, don't forget to also go and check out the uh, TikTok and the YouTube if you want to get short little clips of points of interest to the show. It's a quick, easy, fun way to share the show with people and just give them a little snippet if you don't think they're going to listen to the whole show. So uh, if you're trying to get people listening, don't forget, I do have those set up and at least uh, give both of the, give one or both of those pages a follow. And if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, if you're an author, researcher, cryptozoologist, ufologist, experiencer, contactee, paranormal investigator, open-minded individual, philosopher, uh, ex-military pilot, um, whistleblower. The list goes on and on, man. I want to talk to all of you open-minded, fringe topic individuals. So don't be afraid to contact me so we can set up a date and I can get you on the show. Uh, if you guys want to contact me, you guys can hit me up through Instagram, which is the form of social media that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Or you can go to the, the link tree, fill out the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. 
Uh, if you guys send me an email, just make sure you guys check your spam and junk folders because I do respond to every single email I get from you guys and I want to make sure that none of the replies get lost because I do want to talk to every single one of you guys that takes the time to send me a message. And uh, if you guys haven't already checked out Bizarre Encounters, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it if you guys enjoy this show. It's my uh, other show I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Orin and Jenny, where we dive in anything that we would consider a Bizarre Encounter. Um, that means that we have guests on, we have researchers on, we do our own deep dives. Uh, the deep dives get off the reel sometimes, we make jokes, we have fun. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it, so definitely go and check it out. At least give it a give it a one listen, you know, just check it out, see, see if you like it, you know, dip your toe in the water, but... Um, if you guys want to keep tabs on anything that I'm doing all in one place, you guys uh, don't forget to check out Open Minds Media. I do have that set up on Instagram, and then you'll find links to the, the merch store, um, the TikTok, the YouTube, the Telegram, the Discord, anything that I keep under the Open Minds Media category. That's the place to do it. Go and check it out on Instagram, of course. And if you guys want to support the show, there's three awesome ways to do so. Number one, of course, is to become a Patreon member. Over there, you'll get ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, live feeds of episodes, live replays of episodes, exclusive merch store discounts, and it's always expanding over there. There's multiple tiers, so go and check them out. Figure out which one suits you the best, and all the love and support you guys give is always appreciated. Uh, if you guys want to donate to the show directly um, to make it so that it's a little bit easier for me to get out to more conventions, actually get to meet some of you guys, uh, do some networking for the show, uh, you guys can always donate through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys are interested in donating that way, you guys can go all the way down to the bottom of the show description and you'll see something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. Click that, uh, fill it out. And if it doesn't give you the option to leave some type of personalized message, let me know that you guys donated by sending me a message because I'd love to give you guys a shout out and give appreciation where appreciations due. And the final way that you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media Merch Store. There, you'll find designs for this show, for Bizarre Encounters, for anything that I do. Um, I'm starting to expand on that merch store a bit. I'm hoping to drop a new design every month or every other month. There's going to be something, uh, some type of regular rotation, so it's not just going to be the basic logos anymore. And speaking of that, there's two new awesome merch designs in the store that I think you guys are really going to like. Uh, for Increase of All Reality, um, I made a anime squat shirt. So it's uh, all done kind of Japanese style, but it has two anime uh, samurai dressed uh, squatches on it. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy it if you guys are into uh, that style of art, of course. And uh, if you're more of a Bizarre Encounters listener and you guys like our catchphrase we say at the end, uh, stay bizarre. I made a 90s style t-shirt that says stay bizarre on it and it has an alien and a UFO with abducting a Sasquatch. It's a lot of fun, really colorful. Um, you know, you can even share it with the kids. Uh, I do make it in kid sizes and stuff too. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff going on over there. And I recently started adding some windbreakers. Uh, there's going to be some hats coming soon. I'm going to be incorporating some new uh, Windigo designs that I've been working on. So a lot of really cool stuff. Don't forget to go and check it out. See if there's anything that you guys like. And if you guys have any suggestions for things you'd like to see on the merch store, just let me know. And I would love to coordinate them and add them in there. Um, if any of you guys pick up anything from the merch store, if you guys don't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it, I would really appreciate it because I would love to uh, reshare it on the pages and let everybody know that there's love and support for the show out there. And while we're talking about love and support, as always, don't forget about Joe over there at Crypto Theology. Always killing it over there with those awesome cryptid t-shirt designs. Uh, if you guys haven't already been on the Instagram, um, you guys can go and check that out. I'm always wearing uh, some form of a Crypto Theology shirt because it honestly takes up half my wardrobes because I love his design so much. And I think that you guys will thoroughly enjoy them too. So don't forget to go and check it out. That link is also available down in the show description, of course. And every single thing that I've mentioned, including Crypto Theology, the Open Minds Media merch store, every single thing, all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, 
Let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show. Returning again for, I believe, the third or fourth time now, Loomis from Chanted Down. How's it going today, man? Oh, good. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Shane. Always an absolute pleasure, man. It's been a while. I figured we needed to catch up a bit because we haven't done a show since uh, Kyle uh, unfortunately stopped doing uh, the Big Dumb Podcast, but it's, it's been at least like six or seven months, I swear. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while. I, I think maybe it was last November, but I can't remember exactly. It's been a while. Yeah, hot minute. <laughs> but I guess a good place to start, um, because I'm assumably I probably have some more new listeners now that may not have heard our previous episodes. Uh, why don't you know, let them know a little bit about Chanted Down and uh, what you do over there? All right. Well, Chanted Down podcast has been around now over 10 years, did a 10-year anniversary this year. Um, I go and, and Chanted Down means to chant down the bullshit to get to the truth. And that's what I've been doing. Um, I And uh, it's been... It's a big work of many sorts. I cover many varied topics. Um, and yes, I, I do conspiracies, but I do um, also uh, wellness, health, uh, name any mystery, earth mysteries. Uh, we go all over the place uh, trying to, you know, give all, all the truth on planet Earth. And uh, uh, before that, I was into this information well, since 1999, so I've, I've more than half my life I've been just focusing on this information, and Chanted Down has become this place to put it all. I'm still a part-time podcaster after 10 years, just doing this as a, as a hobby, but it's that place that I put all this stuff that so you can help the world in some way possible. Hey, man, I, I can't say it's much different for a lot of us. It's one of those things that it's like you have all this information in your head and stuff you research, and you got to put it somewhere, and half the people just in your normal everyday life don't want to hear it, so you just project it over the airwaves, so to speak, and the people that want to hear it will come and find it and listen to it, and, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day, man. Like, not all of us are ever going to get famous off of this, but we just enjoy doing it for, you know, the process of doing it, man. Same as, uh, you know, local musicians, just doing it for the fun of doing it, man. Absolutely, and you have to really just say to yourself well uh it is helping people even if it's a small group of people whatever it's it's putting this information at least it has a place because if if i wasn't able to let loose on the microphone i think i would have exploded a long time ago so, <laughs> so that's it combusted yeah internally combusted so it's a good thing it's a good thing it's therapeutic even for us and it's just i don't know podcasting and stuff has really helped uh, me get smarter and people around me. So I, I enjoy it. It's good. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things that you just keep always pushing to be better and better. So it's a good way to have some like self-motivation. And I mean, even for like research, things like that, you want to be able to be on top of everything. So it just, again, pushes you to be better and actually keep on track with like a hobby versus like, you know, if you're just playing some sport or something like that, you know, you don't have as much of a push because you don't have like the listeners behind you that are excited about the information and want you to keep doing it. And I don't know, for at least, yeah. at least for me, man, it's the driving factor of it is having people behind that actually are interested in it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, well, it some of it's it's a lot of things. Like for me, I, I do it because it's the right thing to do, and and uh, and and I hope that people listen. And and it's good. It's good for um. It's good for both sides, the listeners and the host. Say at the minimum, at least, hopefully, we can entertain people for a couple hours of their workday, so at least they can you know 
not be stuck in the same routine every single day and they get to listen to something new and different every week at least or you know depending on whatever schedule at the minimum at least we can entertain people at work <laughs> yes and that's that's the the thing about podcasting to me I know a lot of people like to release their stuff on video, but how entertaining is that? Not so entertaining. I think it's best to be audio. Um, I do release my videos on Odyssey, but still, like the audio experience when you're at work or driving from work to work or wherever you're doing is what kind of like at plants seeds in your mind all day and it helps people along with their journey. So I, I've always been in more in favor of the audio podcast rather than watching two people talk on a screen. You know, a lot of people don't have time for that, but listening, that's where it's at. I think still, even today. Yeah, I mean, 100% too. And I mean, part of the issue with uh, modern day society is that a lot of people have an issue with like imagination and just being able to like picture things in their head. And it's because of like a lack of just honest verbal stories. It's a matter of everybody seeing stuff on screens they're getting uh, visual stimulation every single time they see something. So that's, I mean, what steers a lot of people away from just audio stuff. But at the same time though, if you get interested in the audio stuff, it starts using different parts of your brain. So, cause you start visualizing things and it starts bringing back your like creative factor in your mind to make it so that you can visualize things better. So, I mean, I've always found it great for that. It's like bringing it back to how things used to be when people had more of an imagination and in turn, it's probably helping people to write and be a little bit more creative, um, being able to just hear people talk and, you know, have that natural flow of things. <laughs> I agree. Yes, it, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, um, one of the, it, I think it's just beyond below, um, reading a book as far as good for your brain. It's like, it's one of, it's way better than, a, than watching, um, and way better of course than a video game. So it's, uh, it's, it's right up there with, one of those things that burrows new pathways in your brain. Speaking of uh, new pathways and new methods of thinking, uh, to hop into it before uh, we get too far off on just talking about podcasting in general, I heard that you recently were putting together a pretty fascinating presentation and uh, you wanted to share it on the show today. Oh, yeah. Well, I put it together actually in, in January of this year, um, but I got a lot of, uh, I did get a lot of good uh, feedback from it, and it is about chemtrails and climate change and a, a really big subject that really needs a proper look at because the the powers that shouldn't be are ramping up their climate change um, agenda. And I think a lot of people don't know enough about this one, yet it's something is so big. I mean, if we're going to look at conspiracies, this is one to focus on the heaviest or at least one of them because it's right in our face. And uh, it is something that I've been focusing on for quite a few years. I mean, I'm talking like since 98, somebody pointed out their first chemtrail to me and I was like, wow, what is that? And really? And then and then from there, I've then I woke up and then things really made sense. And so, yeah, it's uh, I put it together, this presentation. It's called What Happened to Cobalt Blue Skies, and it got it received a lot of, of good uh, feedback, and it really is my best attempt at describing what's really going on with this, for sure. So uh, what would be a good spot to start at, to start kind of explaining this phenomenon to people? Like, if people weren't familiar with uh, chemtrails in general... Sure. Um, how would somebody be able to like distinguish a chemtrail um, versus like a contrail, um, at least from like your research? Well, okay. So first of all, our skies didn't used to look the way they look now. And um, you're probably at the age where pretty much I would say your skies pretty much always look this way. 
uh, unless you were when you were a little little kid. Otherwise, um, I'm a little bit older than you, so I'm an '80s kid. And when I noticed our skies growing up, they were darker blue. That's what cobalt blue comes from, and they didn't have all these trails in them. And what they are exactly is uh, when a plane leaves a trail that doesn't dissipate in our sky and they're using it for a variety of different things. But it's important to understand this. It's like one of the biggest elephants on our living room uh, that, that they are indeed spraying stuff up there. And they'll admit it in certain programs, but it's they're, they're not saying exactly what it really is. But it's um, basically it's the missing element in many people's perspective. I mean, so if you it's, it's weather modification, but it's also uh, biological spraying. It's also experimentation and transhumanism, and it's a whole lot of things at once. And it's and really, so when people focus on climate change, what we're talking about, we might as well just go to the origin of it. In fact, I'll do it right now. I've got to pull up um, an article here. Uh, so where climate change comes from is a 1971 document um, and it's by the club of rome and what it is is um just trying to pull it up here it's it's called the limits to growth and it says i'm going to read from it real quick here this it says the common enemy to humanity is man in searching for a new enemy to unite us we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would be fit, would fit the bill. All of these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. We believe humanity requires a common motivation, namely a common adversary, in order to realize one world government. It does not matter if this enemy is a real one or one invented for the purpose. So there they are admitting that they just need this thing to unite humanity, this common adversary, and that everybody can get on board with it because it's the planet. It's the, you don't want pollution, do you? You don't want the earth to die, all the living things on the earth to die. And of course people don't, but they're, they're, they're manipulating people's minds with this. And so growing up, so the seventies, they were telling people the earth was going to, we're going to go through another ice age. And that changed later into global warming. And then it became climate emergency and, or climate change. Then it became climate emergency. So it's this constant thing that we, they want us to worry about. And the truth is, the climate is always changing. So the the thing about the climate is that the the climate alarmists are telling us that the um, they're telling us that carbon is the enemy, which is actually what we breathe out, we exhale, and that we are all carbon-based beings. So again, that goes back to the them saying the, the enemy of, of of humanity or the enemy is humanity itself. And so they're telling us that, that uh, basically we can't breathe and they're, they're basically making this up so um, they can use 
they're they're skewing the data. They're cherry picking. So a lot of people haven't heard of the um, medieval warming period, in which around I think about 1200 or 1300 AD. Uh, they could grow grapes as far north as England. So they had wineries and they could grow palm trees, date palms and far up into Germany. And this was a time of prosperity. This is when the weather warmed on the planet and following that became the little ice age. And that's when, you know, uh, temperatures really dropped. And so that little ice age took many centuries. And finally we sort of came out of it around uh, the end of the 1800s. And this is exactly when climate alarmists used their model, that's that hockey stick graph that guy named Michael Mann invented, uh, saying that, you know, we're on a warming trend. Well, we are on a warming trend, but the climate is always changing. And really, this, what we're going through right now is just a little blip on the radar. So there's a lot of scientists that, that talk against, um, you know, cli uh, this, uh, that are against climate change uh, proponents that, you know, but the problem is, is they are also not seeing the fact that they are playing with the weather through weather manipulation. So it's twofold. Yes. Climate change. What they're saying is not happening, but what is happening is weird weather and um, irregular rains and droughts from them messing with the weather using these chemtrails, through these programs in which they spray metallics into the atmosphere and they can steer jet streams and there's a there's a whole lot they can do with it but because it's pushed into the realm of conspiracy it's it's not recognized and so it's the missing element in many people's perspective like whether even even if, um you know, like the weather people, would, if they knew about this, they would connect the whole lot of dots. It's the reason why we feel tired and fatigued a lot. I put in my presentation that so conveniently when they started these programs full scale around 96, 97, that in the first energy drinks came out around 1999. And so, you know, pay attention how you feel on a spray day versus a non-spray day, journal it even. And it's the reasons you can't think so well someday. It's, it's also the reason that dementia and Alzheimer's is through the roof from these, these heavy metals. And it's the reason your pets look tired some days. You know, there's so much to this because they're dumping this on us and it's affecting us. And you, and you can't have them that much uh, material uh, being dumped on us continually for over two decades worldwide and not have a profound effect on everything living. I mean, if we had these dots connected, whether people would understand and correlate why our weather patterns are so off and actually be able to see what when they spray, the weather changes when because they spray right before a storm front. I mean, doctors would understand the root of many outbreaks um, and Possibly, I don't know, but possibly COVID, if there was an original actual COVID, might have come from this spraying because many samples have been found with biological things in them, you know. And so we're full of these heavy metals. And, I mean, arborists would understand why white mold is forming on trees and plants everywhere. I mean, including here in Hawaii, we have the Ohia Lehua tree, which is dying off. It's a, only found here in the world from this white 
fungus that's growing on it. Powdered mildew? Happen. What? Yeah. Powdered mildew? Uh, and aluminum oxide, fire accelerant. That's where we get all the all these fires. It's nearly the biggest elephant in our living room, and it affects so much. Yet, um, So that's why I always prioritize it as one of the biggest and the most important conspiracies that we should really be looking at it because it's a conspiracy fact rather than a conspiracy theory. So I put it, you know, as like it's the missing element in many people's lives to understand, you know, this whole climate change thing and the, the way that even people are behaving because it's affects us that, you know, if you start journaling and noticing when they spray and how you feel and, you know, there's a lot to it, but um, anyway, I sort of went all over the place there, but I just trying to put down the basics there because one thing I want to add in is jets don't leave trails since the eighties or well around then they fitted all planes with what's called high bypass fans where they don't really put out much of a trail if anything at all. So I've noticed this traveling a lot flying. I'll look out the window and I'll see a plane flying same altitude as me, not leaving a trail. And then all of a sudden, maybe you'll see one a little farther away, way up in the sky, leaving a trail. And you'll know that that's a whole different apparatus than the, the plane you're, you're traveling on. So uh, again, it, it doesn't even make sense to, um, it's a whole different, it's a different component. They're spraying a whole different, they're spraying something. It's not just condensation. Contrails are condensation trails. But since around the 80s, barely any planes leave any exhaust trails because of the high bypass fans. But anyway. Oh, I mean, you uh, see those you things know, like crazy, man. It's you, anytime you look up, I usually, I've been teaching my girlfriend, and my daughter about this the difference that you can watch one plane that'll fly all the way across the sky and you'll see the line and it'll start spreading out. And then you'll see another one where you'll maybe see like, you know, from your eye appearance, maybe like a couple inches behind it and it will be disappearing as it flies versus the spread out. Like once you know what you're looking for, it's extremely obvious. And even just like trying to hide it from the mainstream, like everybody knows the conspiracy aspect with like the word chemtrails, for example. So people have that whole like, woo woo, I don't want to believe that aspect. But if you look up the right terminology and look up geoengineering, like they talk about it on the news and they just hide it under a different code name that doesn't sound conspiratorial. They can kind of just slide in there that people aren't really paying attention to because it's kind of just a generic boring kind of phrasing for it right right and geoengineering is this conversation if you look that's happening in the background of many years they'll say things like well we we may have to do it if we need to we don't want to but we we may have to use geoengineering to save the planet well, actually, they are doing it, but it's not what they're really doing either. A lot of people think that they're blocking out the sun and that's what that they're trying to cool the planet, except that and that's what these geoengineering proponents are saying they would do if they had to. But they've been doing it. But the thing is, that's not what they're really doing, because I looked into the work of a guy named Edward Teller, who had the correct model. Now, this guy was a climate change believer, but he did have the correct model for blocking out the sun, and that is to put artificial clouds into the stratosphere, which is much higher, actually, than jets can fly. So that means that it would stay, it's near space, and that would actually, 
using a uh, uh, metallic layer reflect light back from the sun. But that's not what they're doing. They're, they're spraying into the troposphere, which affects directly affects our weather and us. So what they're doing is not really geoengineering. They're terraforming us. They're terraforming the weather, but they're certainly not actually blocking out the sun because they're not even using the right model to block out the sun. Yes, they may block out the sun on, a, on some days and totally white it out. I get that. But they're not actually using the right model to seriously do it. So what they're doing is weather modification. And basically, the way I understand it is they have control of pretty much all the planet's weather. And I can see that here from Hawaii, where I live, that when they do spray, the weather is very unstable. We get all these crazy winds. It's like the earth doesn't like it because they also do use um, frequencies, <clears throat> excuse me, frequencies with this, such things as harp and, uh, you know, ionospheric heaters. So there's your global warming. Ionosphere is part of our sky. They're heating it through these, these antenna arrays. And the fact that if they were trying to cool the planet, another thing is, they're actually warming it by keeping us under a canopy of metallics. So they're keeping the trapping the heat in. So that's not good for anything. So um, everything they're doing is poisoning the planet. And uh, I've taken pictures of days when they spray really hard and the flowers are droopy. Um, animals don't look happy. You feel tired. And enough days of this will stunt your growth on your on your fruits and your trees and stuff have seen it all. And it's just like, they're, they're doing it cause they're, they are psychopaths. And that's something that people have a hard time wrapping their head around is the fact that the people that rule our, our lives high at the top are psychopaths and they don't have humanity's best interest at, at heart or, you know, anything living. And, and it really makes you wonder like who would, come up with these kind of things that's human uh and the thing is with that is like well these people they're absolutely insane there's there's no other a lot of people think well i wouldn't do that i wouldn't be that way but you're not them and those people are raised in totally different families they come from dark occult families these are people that are raised entirely different than us they they have the high table they know, um, you know, they're, they're raised in circumstances where they don't have empathy. So that's who we're dealing with. And so when we know we're dealing with psychopaths, then it kind of makes more sense why the world's so fucked up. <laughs> Reptilians love the heat. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, as far as they go too, if you're not looking at it from like a woo woo aspect, I mean, there's still the aspect of capitalism. So you know, if you essentially destroy anything that's natural and make it so that people have to pay for fresh water, they can't go out and fish anymore, so they have to pay for fish that you have in your farms. Uh, there's no fresh air anymore, so they have to pay for some type of filtration unit to put in their house. Like, people wonder why they're destroying the environment because they have to live here too. But the thing is, like, they have endless amounts of money, so they can set up whatever type of unit they want to set up and have infinite of whatever they want inside of it. And the intention is that they can keep all of that for themselves, destroy it for everybody else, and then everybody else has has to come to them to buy it and it's going to get to that point where you see those like dystopian future pictures where there's like the last tree that exists and that last tree is going to be an elitist house and they're going to find a way to create like 
you know, the same type of oxygen that tree trees would produce and except you're, they're going to, you're going to have to pay for it. It's going to become another utility bill, like paying for the water or paying for whatever to have clean air in your house. And when you're outside, you might even have to wear a mask and then pay for an oxygen tank to be outside for an hour or two hours. And it's just all profit from there. And that's how they're seeing it. Oh yeah. Well, that's part of it for sure. I mean, they complain about us driving cars and, and upping the carbon level on the planet. First of all, carbon is not a bad thing. No, I don't like pollution, sure. And But those are the inventions they gave us to use. It's not like we had any other choices, did we? And and so they're acting like they always blame it on us. It's like, oh, you humans. These That's, that's again, psychopaths. That's, that's how Satanists operate. They blame you for everything, you know, and they operate from a very, a very, uh, you know, dark worldview in which they believe in social Darwinism. They believe in eugenics. They, they believe in their own, you know, self-preservation. These are, these are psychopaths that will blame everything on us. Even if, you know, we have no other choice, but to drive these cars, how are we going to get to work? You know? And it's like, they're blaming us and they're going to make us pay for all the problems on this planet because we created them yet, you know, we don't we're not given a choice you know like i don't want to go support walmart or all these big box stores but at the same time we have very little choice in our lives but to sometimes go to these stores and you know it's not like you know a lot of us have a lot of money so mm-hmm. again it's just this this psychopath way of thinking that comes down the hierarchy of pyramid and people mimic it too. They think that's normal life, but it's not. We're we're far from normal. Dude, we've been pushed into a corner where we pretty much have to do exactly what they say and they make it so that if you don't listen, you kind of get forced into it. And not to keep going, keep dwelling on the whole like COVID aspect of things, but I mean, that destroyed a significant amount of small businesses. And after that, that's yeah. when like a lot of the job markets crashed as far as like where I'm at in Michigan, where there's not like a lot, a lot of jobs out here. There's some, there's some jobs, but they're all like below like livable wage and stuff. But it made it so that one, nobody has money to try to pay that little bit extra to support small stores. Small stores got knocked out in the process, and then all these big box stores are coming in as that's all happening because they have endless amounts of funds, so they can stay open during all the COVID stuff. They have no issues. So it's just this yeah. continuous push to make it so that everybody is essentially living off of their system that they've created, and then in the process of it, they make you look like you're make you feel like you're the enemy of it because they try to hide this whole like global warming, global warming concept. But realistically, what everybody's concerned about more than anything is pollution, but they're purposely not wording it that way because if it's pollution, it's going to get pushed onto all the big corporations and industries because that's the track record that's everywhere. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. But <laughs> it's these big these big box stores and stuff that got to stay open during COVID and, you know, Joe's fishing tackle box store had to close or whatever, you know, and it's just less and less self-sufficiency and more and more people relying on them and more and more people living in broke situations. And it's not good. Now I'm not, I don't want to bring us into dark stuff. Like on my show, I, I, I try to keep it well-rounded. It's like, it's not all gloom and doom, but we do have to face the situation we're in. And I think my thinking, my thinking when I, expose things like chemtrails and um all these dark things is i'm not trying to make people feel down and bad about you know life life could be amazing life is amazing but the problem is we have to shed light on this blind spot that humanity's had for so long people have been trusting these these institutions in our lives for so long and this organized society that we think is just full of good people working most people are good people they just don't understand that the 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 phrase of i was just doing my job that they're responsible for holding this crazy mess up because a lot of people are good people they just are misled and that's that's my mission in some of the my mission in doing this is just to shed light on the bad so people can understand the situation we're in so the more people that understand the more people go i'm not going to hold this up anymore and covid was good for that in a way it woke a lot of people up a lot of people were like wow this isn't right because i think they rushed it and because they did it red pilled if you want to say that word so many more people uh very quickly and so it actually did them a disservice by trying to push through this agenda so quick i mean honestly it's like a very very clear split too where you have the people that are obviously like still hellbound determined to be in that method of thinking and then the people that like rejected it from the start and it really created a huge divide within people too on top of it because it's always that divide and conquer concept where even now still and i'm not trying to necessarily talk down about anybody on their views on what they're afraid of because i mean to each their own but like you have the people that are wearing masks versus the people who aren't wearing masks still and everybody kind of looks at each other funky on both ways instead of just kind of being like all right like you know just accept that people want to live differently. I guess that's kind of the point that I got to with it is, you know, I was really angry about everything when it first started, but now it's like, bro, if you want to wear a mask, like you do you, man, that's your freedom to do it. But at the same time, if I don't, if I'm not going to wear one, it's my freedom to do it. So don't give me funny looks in the process. And we can just have this mutual understanding and keep living life and not become enemies. Cause there's no reason to become enemies, man. (laughs) That's just, that's what they want. No, that's true. But, 
But when people want to hang you from a tree because you don't get a vaccine and they want to dob on, you know, they want to tell on you to the authorities, that's when it gets, that's when it draws a line for me. I'll never forget these people that worked at stores that, that were um, turned into Nazis. And that there's a segment of society that will do that under pressure. And those people, we got to, you know, kind of mark on our, in our territory and be like, look, you know, that person isn't right in the head because they thought that I should be pushed out of society just because I didn't want to get an experimental mRNA uh, uh, gene therapy, which wasn't even a vaccine, that kind of stuff. That's when it got me. That's when it, I got upset because that's when they draw the line, when they start pushing their agenda on me, you know, and, and people that I love. So that's when I got, I don't care if they, if they want to, I don't care what people do with their bodies. If you want to shoot up with heroin, go ahead. If you want to put a vaccine in your butt, go ahead. But, you know, then there's, you know, everybody's got their own body and that's it. That's as far as they need to extend is they can't go past their own body of what they want to do to somebody else. And it was mass formation psychosis is what we got into with that. And I, I do like to state this, that I don't think any of us have recovered properly from COVID, whether it's oh, people no. that totally took it serious and thought it was really for real, or those of us that saw the bullshit and said, this is, this is crazy. All of us have been through hu a huge psychological operation in the last three years. And I don't think society's recovered from it, but we went back to normal, which reminds me of a, an abusive wife or husband or whatever, an abused husband or wife that goes back to the, that same lover again, even when they treat him wrong. And there's definitely something wrong about going back into the regular world and not addressing these issues and like, you know, uh, therapeutically, um, you know, getting therapy from it because seriously, the world's not normal. It's, it, it isn't, it is and it isn't like it went back to normal, but then we got everybody dropping dead from this shot too, which is a whole nother subject that's really dark and horrible, but it's still happening. So, uh, yeah, this changed society a lot and it, it's kind of hard to like, you go out in the world and you just do your thing and you go, oh, okay, it looks pretty normal to me, but that's what they want you to do too, is they want you to forget all that happened. So I just like to remind people that that, that did happen and that we should not forget that it did because it really did um, affect everybody in some level or some form for sure. I mean, dude, I was even, I, I recently was looking for a new job and I were, I usually work in like medical cannabis. That's usually like my kind of career field, but I was pretty shocked at how many cannabis companies uh, in the questionnaire for getting the job in the first place said, do you have your COVID vaccine? And I firmly put no on all of those. And of course you don't get a call back from any of those places, but it's like, Wow. I know that those are the type of places that people are probably fully masked up still. And it, it's, it's that factor. Like you were kind of saying that I don't care what any specific person wants to do with their body, but it's the matter of having the choice of what you want to choose to put in your body, especially considering it's a medical thing. I mean, you shouldn't, as soon as you break that, that barrier, then you're never going to get it back. So everybody's mad at the people that didn't get the vaccines, but realistically they're the last front before, you know, the government just says, all right, you have to get this. And they don't even start to even begin to tell you any part of what's in, in that shot. They're just going to start giving people shots because that's just going to become the standard for things. And going back to kind of what you're saying, as far as everybody having trauma after COVID, I mean, there's even the whole aspect of it with 
people not being able to be social anymore. Like I see how awkward people are trying to interact with each other. Now, everybody got used to talking through the internet. Everybody got used to no face to face contact. So it's like everybody goes into a restaurant or a fast food place specifically, but they'd rather use the kiosk than actually go up to the person and talk anymore. Or they'd rather order their food online and have somebody run out to their car than actually go into the, go into the store anymore. Like it's created this society of people where they don't know how to interact with each other anymore. And on top of that, everything's been so uh, it's so political when it comes to everything, too, that it's like everybody's scared to talk now because they don't know what another person's opinions are between everything going on, be it like the whole woke agenda stuff, the COVID vaccine stuff, just opinions in general. Like everybody's so set in their stone ways now and everybody's so afraid of offending others that nobody feels like they can actually talk or be themselves out in public anymore. So everybody's just doesn't know how to react in society socially anymore. Everybody's themselves at home now because they got more comfortable being at home, but nobody, there's no interaction between people because everybody just just lost that. And after three years of it, man, you started even seeing it with the kids where they're having issues uh, talking because they weren't seeing people's lips move for three years while they were developing, learning how to, how to talk. So there's a bunch of kids now that are having issues with like picking up words and saying certain words because just those little slight things, man, that it makes a huge difference and people don't realize it. And especially when it's in those developing years of somebody's life or just to even for an adult, if you've never experienced anything like this, which nobody has in their lifetime, it's like, you don't know what the after effects are on your mental until a couple of years later when you start seeing everybody interacting and moving through each other and starting to phase back in. Yeah. Yeah, it's right on, man. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, there's, a, like I say, everybody has been affected by it, and it doesn't matter. But I'm into the uh, belief, too, of things need to be called out. Um, if we're going to stop things from happening and stop and make a difference in this world, uh, people need to be called out for what they're doing. And not always do I go into the world and feel like being that person, like, calling people out but there is a there is a place for it for certain and um and really like there's there's an old school me that says way back tell the world about all this stuff and get in their face and that never works right i mean who 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 learned from somebody yelling in their face about it but planting little seeds is the way to go not being so confrontational and planting little seeds is all you can do with these people because they're not going to understand why you're yelling at them. But there is a place, too, for anger. Anger does exist. It's like a tool. You can use it for something, but make sure you put it back in the toolbox because um, there's, there's a place for everything. So I do go out in the world prepared to tell people something of some form if they're going to impose their ideas on me. Uh, and honestly, a lot of times – Look, I'm pretty mellow person most of the time, so I don't have any problems with it. But some of these people have come around more in recent times because they've kind of seen what I was talking about a while ago. And that's great when when that happens. So but yeah, these people do need to be called out if they're trying to push their agenda on you, which they're not anymore. But at the same time, uh, should they have got away with it, too? That's a question we all need to be asking. Should they have really got away with all that they did to us. Like here in Hawaii, I got locked out of everything except for grocery stores. I had to have a vaccine passport to go just about anywhere. And that's crazy. And that shouldn't be tolerated and that shouldn't be ignored. So uh, I always keep that in mind too. 
I, I mean, lost my point, just like you did. I was totally on something. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like some form of a trial run because I, I think that the whole where we're going as far as like the whole climate change, green future thing is just going to be another means of lockdown, but it's going to be in a different form because it's going to be the one where people do it because it's, they think it's the morally right thing to do such as like, okay, we only want people driving, uh, this far in this period of time. And if you drive anything further than this, then it's bad for the environment, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to turn off your car after that, just to make sure everything's safe. So people are voluntarily like giving up their rights to be able to actually go out and do specific things or actually enjoy things. And they're going to start basically pushing you into a corner where it's a comfort bubble rather than it being like a, what felt like a prison for a lot of people during like the last COVID thing. And that was just a trial run to see how it would work. And now they're going to do this other whole psychological operation where you intentionally lock yourself down because you think that you're doing something good for the planet in the first place. And I just wanted to throw this in earlier because I lost my train of thought on it. But uh, coming from somebody that works in the cultivation field, um, I mean, one of the main things that we do is we pump carbon dioxide into the rooms because, again, that's what plants take in. And people kind of forget with this whole mentality of the whole climate change thing that you don't want the world to be cool because that's when everything dies off. Of course, you don't want it to be overly hot either, but when everything's cool, there's ice ages, everything dies off. There's no foliage, there's no plant life. But when there's more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, then plants end up getting bigger because they're taking in more carbon dioxide. So then in turn, they end up putting out more oxygen. And I've heard a bunch of different researchers saying that like during like the prehistoric age where plants were fucking huge, that there was way bigger carbon levels in the atmosphere. And that was what benefited them. And even the heat and humidity, plants love that kind of stuff too. So, I mean, that even more so helps the plants grow, but that's where the whole other side of the operation comes in that, you know, they're also doing all these weird things where you'll see all these trains that are derailing and dumping chemicals into nature and all these forest fires and all this stuff in the water because they're trying to make it so that it's a cluster storm of all this shit at once. Because if you see that the carbon levels are getting higher and the plants are getting healthier, then you're going to go, wait, Something's often weird here. So in turn, they have to counteract it. And that's where you keep hearing about all these like huge disasters and fires and this and that is because they're trying to make sure everything looks like shit in the process of it getting warmer so that they can then use that as a tool to scare people into being in their houses or staying in 15 minute cities or doing all these things because it's the good moral thing to do to be right for the, for, for uh, the planet. When again, realistically, what everybody cares about is polluting the planet. And like we've been talking about this whole time, the the planet naturally has its ups and downs. It's been like that through history. And why is it going to change? Why, why would it be any different now? You think that temperatures are going to stay constant forever? Like everything shifts. That's, that's what the planet does. <laughs> exactly. It does. And, um, that's, it's like a blip on the radar for, for us in the scheme of things. I mean, this planet has seen so much craziness, uh, with weather and like the Cambrian period had like, 4,000 parts per million carbon or something, you know, some huge number. And, and another thing, like they act like the, the, you know, if you ever look at the track record of climate change, New York was supposed to be underwater by 2015. They have all these like markers and none of them have ever come true. And they act like uh, if Greenland's ice melts that, you know, it's all going to be gloom and doom from there. Yet there's a, there's a record of ice core samples where like a big, portion of greenland's ice melted at one time and it only rose and the temperatures um it, it only it only like the water levels only came up a little bit more it wasn't this dramatic thing so again it's just they're using their cherry picking so basically we have um you know get into this control factor of everything 
And I mean, one thing that people don't take into consideration too is how many cities in the past that we know of have been lost by by water from ice caps melting, uh, different things happening, like the whole like Atlantis myth. I mean, theoretically, people talk about it being underwater, and it's not because it was like an underwater city. It's because it was built somewhere that ended up being flooded out with water. And the way the wor- world works, it's a constant moving landmass in the aspect. If you talk about Pangea when everything was together, then everything starts splitting out. And then there's new island chains that start forming because of volcanic eruptions. So as the water level gets higher from ice caps melting, there's going to be more volcanoes that are going to create new landmasses. And then as things start to cool off again, some of that stuff's going to freeze. It's 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 a back and forth that's happened through history, and it's not going to it's not going to change now. We, we've already seen evidence of this already happening in the past. So why do we think that what we're doing now is massively affecting it when it's naturally happened for years and year, for thousands of years? <laughs> Billions of years, if yeah, that. <laughs> crazy stuff's happened on this planet. Like, you know, they found woolly mammoths that were flash frozen with food in their mouths. I mean, you know, this Earth can change just so dramatically. And that's probably what happened to all of the, uh, you know, uh, crazy lost civilizations we have on this planet. It's that we had, I think, a totally different planet that, you know, possibly other beings were with us, too you know, the gods with a little G because we had all these huge megalithic sites and, you know, stuff we couldn't build a day like the Giza pyramids and everything megalithic that, um, you know, stayed from this, this world that got destroyed by a giant cataclysm. So, you know, again, this, this time is just a small blip on the radar compared to what can happen on this planet. So much can happen to this planet that we, we don't, um, we don't know this planet. Somebody does. And the thing is, is the people that know our full history who are on this planet, secret societies, they do know, but they're not telling us because it's been a huge cover up of our ancient history. And uh, we're, we're pretty much in the dark when it comes to things And it. It's like, they act like they know they everything too with the weather. And it's like, how long have you been take, keeping track of the weather? Well, 1880, that's not long enough in the scheme of the earth. We, we don't know shit, you know, but somebody does. I guarantee that some elite circles or multiple elite circles know our true history on this planet. They carried it forth from those lost civilizations and they are trying to cover it up. And it's pretty evident with, I I, I was talking with on another show, a friend about that. There's a whole cover up of our ancient past that, that has been done deliberately to, so we don't understand our origins, you know, where we came from, what this planet used to be, and what we're capable of doing as humans too. We have, we use 10% of our brains. We, we use 3% of our DNA. There's so much that potential that humans have that we're locked out of. And it's unfortunate, but that's just where we're at this, this time in history. I mean, even talking about history too. I mean, you see like people like Graham Hancock that are doing some like serious connecting dots and research and they have evidence that back everything up and they get called pseudoscience and thrown out. And then, I mean, even digging into Egypt is like a perfect example of this. They purposely don't let people go into that weird cavern that's underneath the left uh, foot of the Sphinx. Because in my, I firmly believe that there's one of the great halls of records that the Egyptian priests used to talk about underneath that foot. And there's a reason why the government, the Egyptian government, they don't let anybody go in there. Because there's a whole weird history to Egypt that I feel like some of these elite circles are fully aware of. That they just kind of give little sprinkles to the general public just because they start digging at it too much and they got to throw them something. 
like prime example, the water erosion on the bottom of the Sphinx. We know that at that point, that region wasn't a desert. And we even know that at one point that that region used to be pretty much just all trees and green and full of life. And then I went right up to the, to the edge of the pyramids. Like it was full of life. So, and then because of, again, just natural changes in the environment it ended up turning into a desert everything died off and i mean there's a lot of researchers that formerly believe that there's cities and full uh civilizations that are lost under the sand uh because we they it, you know everything, everything died off everybody left there was no point to stay there when you couldn't survive in the desert anymore you couldn't grow anything like there's all of this evidence of history not fitting the history books yet people choose to ignore it yet it's right in front of your face like it doesn't make any any sense to me that they've manipulated people so far to the point where it's like they don't even care to hear the history it's gotten to the point where it's like one day they could just drop all the information on it and only like 10% of the general public would actually care to pay attention and actually take it in. It's like when they release like the Pfizer documents, for example, it's like they're out there to the public. Everybody has access to it, but it's like they know nobody that's an average citizen is just actually going to look into it and read it. (laughs) Well, that's, that's like what happened last week. It was a historic week where we had, they admitted UFOs and aliens exist in, in Congress and doesn't seem like anyone really cares. Um, it's kind of weird. No, I don't necessarily trust that rollout. Um, I don't um, really trust anything government says, but um, it's kind of interesting that shouldn't that be bigger news? Uh, I'm, I'm wondering, like, why is the reaction so blasé of, you know, people saying they have bodies and um, craft and all this? It's like, wow, that's that should be like the biggest news we've heard and our our whole existence in civilization, but instead it's like people just don't even care. It's, it's weird. It's, it's like, I guess it's cause we're dealing with the mind controlled society, but it's just weird that people wouldn't care more about, about that, um, which happened last week. So if they dropped uh, the information, like you say about ancient civilization, you would think that more people would care too, but maybe they wouldn't. People are so absorbed in their, in their phones and their daily life that I guess they don't care. I mean, it may even be one of those things, too, that I mean, I'm kind of hoping that this is the, actually the case. But just because so many people have gotten red pilled that the government gives them information and they're like, haha, there's something to this. Like, I'm hoping that the average person isn't it's not that they don't care. It's just that they're aware of the fact that if they're dropping some serious, huge information like this, there's something else going on in the in the background that's way more serious that they, they, they don't want you to pay attention to. So I think that's what everybody's kind of sitting back and doing is like they want to be excited about the aliens, but they're just waiting for the next weird big thing to happen so that they can just, you know, push past it. Because, I mean, you, you, the whole fu- uh, thing that happened in Las Vegas with the recent alien thing, as that was happening, it was around the same time as um, St- uh, Ocean Gate was happening. Uh, they legalized um, the lab-created meat in California. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff that happened too, but it was all happening at that same time. So it's like, I feel like that may have actually been possibly like, uh, like something that legit happened. And that's why they tried to push away from that story so fast. And then they start dropping this aliens are real thing. Maybe because again, that story may have actually had something solid to it. And they're trying to just pull the news cycle as far as they can away from that Las Vegas thing, because I feel like that was too big right before this whole aliens are real thing that even with this whole aliens are real trial, they're not making any kind of reference or talking anything about that or bringing that up at all. It's just boop off in the background. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't blame people for being skeptical about it too. Um, 
I, I agree. I mean, like, you know, I always doubt anything, but there, there is a side of the alternative media that I've come to notice and I've made these mistakes too. And, and I've been this person, so I'm not condescending on anyone, but there's this black pilled part of the alternative media that uh, basically thinks everyone's a shill that everyone's um, everything's a lie and that there is pretty much no truth. And it's gotten to a point where I wonder if I, I really don't feel like people are very well nuanced in, in the way that things come out. They, they just either it's good or bad, black or white, throw the baby out with the bath water. And I've learned to be able to have a back burner, so to speak, where this, this UAP rollout, whatever it is, it's on my back burner. I stir it now and then and keep it warm. I don't know where to put it. I don't know whether to put it in the good or the bad category. I'm just going to let it be there on the back burner until I can make up my mind as more evidence comes out. But a lot of people don't seem to have that ability. So, you know, I, I could easily jump and say, yeah, that's a distraction. It probably is. Uh, but then again, like usually when it's the big distraction and it's, it's the big you know, psyop that's coming out, it's usually saturated in the news, you know, COVID, 9-11, shootings, like the huge, you know, um, uh, number one article on your, or number one thing on your nightly news. This wasn't like that. So it's it's sort of more in the background. It's like a drip, drip to disclosure. I don't really know what that means yet. So that's why I say I keep it on the back burner. I mean, at least for me, my view on it is that I think that they're, uh, it's it's a push towards this whole like project bluebeam thing and i don't mean that in like the crazy conspiratorial way i mean it more in the aspect of they continuously talk about this uniting people under a common enemy and they talk about how they're going trying to do that with the whole like green future thing but i feel like it's not working how they want to because there's a lot of resilience back to it so they have to kind of trickle stuff and not put it into the main forefront because otherwise it's too obvious what they're doing but if they kind of trickle it and just put it like in, in the back burner of people's minds that aliens are real, then one day they could possibly start using these like light drones in the sky, things like that to be able to kind of scare people to all unite under the attack of another species because they know that there's nothing that's on this planet, so to speak, that they can really use to be able to reunite everybody because every, somebody's going to have an issue with it. But if there's aliens that are attacking the planet, even the two people that hate each other the most, you know, you can put those two together and they're going to fight that common enemy together. And I think that's their intention is that even if they may know that there are real ones or they may think that there's not real ones, whatever, I think that their whole end intention is that they want to be able to play the card of scaring people into thinking these things are around like they need to uh, prepare for them, for example. Like, even if they never actually use drones or actually show themselves, they're going to put people in this fear state that everybody's going to unite and be pretty much sitting and watching the skies and waiting for something to come. <laughs> and you're probably right, and it's probably that's that's it. Um, but just I just, I've also looked into the opposite side of that, too, and said, well, Project Blue Game came from one guy, Serge Manast. He was a preacher in Canada, and you know, we have to also think of things like, well, it just came from one guy and what credibility does he have? And the other one is that um, Werner von Braun said on his deathbed that there would be, you know, these false flags and the very end of it would be uh, the false alien invasion. And and maybe he's right. But again, that's just one lady whose testimony that is. So I, I just try to, you know, put it on the back burner and and probably it is that. But 
you know, that I've also heard that there's different factions behind the scenes. Some want true disclosure and they're trying to push for it and others want that fake alien invasion. So we kind of have to wait and see what happens with it. But I, I'm assuming just because my trust is very little with things that it's probably the latter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just keep it on the back burner and wait and see what happens. But definitely yeah. collect and maintain all the information. So at least you got something to go back on to make sure nothing looks too fishy because I'm sure that there's going to be somewhere where they slip up and something's just really, really weird and obvious that it's, there's something to it, you know, like everything's pretty been solid so far, what they're trying to do other than the fact that people are questioning it, but there's going to be some type of major slip up in like wording or something. And it's just a matter of people paying close enough attention to it to catch that slip up to know what, where they're kind of gearing towards. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, like you like to do on your show, you like to try to keep it positive and keep it on a high note. And I always like to kind of do the yeah. same thing around here. And since this has been kind of a dark topic, I guess it's a good spot to lift it up with uh, words of wisdom. So if there's any words of wisdom you could share with the listeners this time, what would it be? Well, I, I would just say that um, you have to just keep yourself vigilant at the same time as keep your life happy. And remember that, that, that there are miracles in life and life is beautiful and it has a lot of great things in it that also happen it's not just this dark gloom and doom world and i think a lot of the alternative media can get to that way in a, but i always remember the reason why i originally got into this information is because of mystery and intrigue and that's the fun childlike part of your brain that you got to get back to is that mystery and intrigue that makes this fun, this journey, like finding out Earth's mysteries. And it's not necessarily all dark. So I think you just need to balance out the dark and the light and realize that, yeah, there are some evil people behind the scenes that are trying to do this. But there's also some really good people in this world, too. Then, And I think this is really we're just it's just the day that we're in. We're in the time where everything's starting to come out and be revealed. We're just awakened these times that um, the world is coming to that ultimate clash between good and evil. But I feel like always good's going to prevail. And it's just that we're in a crazy time in life right now to where we just have, and there's so much information with the internet. And I think we always need, we need to spend less time on the internet and less time listening to all these different opinions so much and just remember who we are get out into nature uh and and enjoy our lives for what we do have in it and not just you know what i mean just not be always dark but that's that's where i that's how i get through this like some people ask me like how could you have looked at all this dark information for so long well one of it is it intrigues me because it's like wow why aren't people seeing this and the other thing is is I don't let it get me down because I know there's too much good stuff in life to want to make sure you're alive for. So, Oh, uh, for that's sure. That's why I, I stick in it. You know, I, I love being alive and there's so much good, even if times are crazy. It, we're all in, in, I hate saying we're all in it together because that's what they said during COVID, but it's, we are all in it together. So it's, it's all, it's all good in the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. I completely agree with you, man. You got to balance it out. That's what life's all about when it comes to just about anything. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I always dig into the dark stuff, but on the other side of it, I love digging into cryptids and all that stuff, and it keeps it on the light side. And I mean, for a lot of people listening to Conspiracy Podcast, the other half is comedy, so it's all about balance, man. But uh, before I let it you is. go, man, um, if anybody really, really enjoyed this conversation, they want to come find your show and all your awesome work that you put out, uh, where can they come and find all your awesome stuff at, man? 
Uh, yeah, ch- thank you. Uh, Chan It Down is the podcast. Been going on for 10 years. Um, you can find me on any podcast player. Uh, I am on a few social networks. I'm not on there a lot, but like Instagram, Chan It Down, Telegram, Chan It Down. And if you really like the show and want to support it, I do an additional show called Afterthoughts through Patreon that uh, is a premium show for anybody who really wants to support uh, but uh, it's just best to support podcasters by spreading the word, give them reviews, help the algorithms get stronger. And uh, you can also find me um, on my YouTube channel, Truth Filled Trajectory, where I sometimes post videos. Odyssey is where I post most of my videos. But, you know, I'm a one man show, so I really don't have a lot of time to invest other than all that I just said. But if you like to listen to the show, got. All shows are relevant. You can go back to 2013 and it's still relevant now because that's how I like to make them. It's information that you can bring with you through life. So, yeah, if you go to the show, don't be afraid to dig deep. Doesn't the next, the new, the newest show is not always the best show. And man, you've been killing it for the past 10 years, and I hope that you continue on. And again, I appreciate you making the time to come on, and it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. And I'm looking forward to next time when you got a little bit more time and we can get a little bit deeper into some other topics. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Shane, for having me on. It's and uh, yeah, support Shane, support uh, inquiries and and what's your other podcast? Bizarre Encounters. Bizarre Encounters. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, it you know, it all matters. You know, and support the things you love. So five star ratings and shares all around. <laughs> yeah. If you guys enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify so that I can read them on the show and give you guys a shout out. And if you know anybody that would really enjoy this particular episode, don't forget to share that episode with them through word of mouth because that's always an awesome way to help the show grow. And the only way I'm going to be able to keep making it so the show can continuously keep growing is with your guys' love and support and help and you guys sharing, sharing, sharing the shit out of the show. So don't forget to do it. Uh, you know, you might get to a point where you share it with enough people, maybe your entire friend group. You guys can all discuss weird stuff that we talk about on the show. It'd be a lot of fun, but the only way that's ever going to happen is with you guys, of course, spreading the word and sharing the show. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, you guys can always hit me up on Instagram, which is the form of social media that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesofallrealitypodcast.outlook.com or go to the link tree, fill the submission form. That'll go directly in my email. Make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because more often than not, because I run a podcast, I send a lot of links. So email servers assume I'm spam. So it pushes it that way. But I do respond to every single message you guys send me. So make sure you, that nothing gets missed in the process. And uh, that also includes anybody that might be interested in being a guest. Don't be shy. I'd love to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you. So shoot me a message break that up, break the ice and make it so that we can uh, get in contact and get something rolling, of course. And uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description, or it is L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the show and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 